welcome back, guys. Welcome to season five. Season five. And we're in our new studio that Amanda designed. Look at this pretty thing, huh? I'm really excited about I it. I know. It's so pretty. What was your inspiration? Uh, okay, so there's a lot of inspirations, but mostly I loved the way our episodes that we did in your house in L.A. felt. Uh, yeah. And so that was kind of That makes where, sense because, like, the windows and, yes, like, the teal sort the of The colors, the brightness, um, yeah. your roses. Fresh, clean, modern, classic. Or, well, actually, those are camellias, but they look like roses. Well, that's uh, my you garden know. out front is, like, full of—I always call it the secret garden because it's full of flowers. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And so—and we both love blues and teals. We're both yes. attracted to that in real life. And then, obviously, pops of pink because we're a little because, pink on the inside, you know? Well, and that's it's a lot of you, too. Well, that's I see it a lot in it's you too. I look I'm wearing I'm wearing You're bright in pink color today. today. I know. I'm usually so. in like gem tones, but um I'm going with the pops of pink. Um you know what? For the first time in my life I am adding pink to my wardrobe. I've never worn it. pink before. It's one of the like what is it, the Pantone color of the year? I think it's like a fuchsia color. Is it? It is. Oh. Which I'm all about. Yeah, you are. You no, know, I love some fuchsia. You do love some fuchsia. So I'm I'm about If to I was to think of Amanda and a color it'd be fuchsia. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yes. That's funny. I mean, maybe so. <laughs> well, so guys, we're going to do something a little different today. We are not going to have a guest. We are going to talk about, um, we're going to have a topic. So we have a topic we want to talk about today. New format alert. Specifically, yes. Today we're going to talk about a topic that actually makes me mad, crazy. I don't understand it. I really don't want to talk about it, but I think we need to talk about it because people won't shut up about it. Nepo babies. Yeah. So I don't, this whole thing. So we'll get into that a little bit later. And we're going to talk about the... Um, the Prince of Nepo Babies, Prince Harry. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about the spare. So, um, so that's a little bit what we're getting into a little, in a little mm-hmm. bit. But we want to we want to hit some topics today, and then we're gonna um, go to you guys for some questions because you guys left some questions on our Instagram page. So we're gonna go to the Instagram and uh, and answer some of your questions. So we want so excited about getting yeah, to questions. interact more and get people involved. It'll be cool. fun because we get to like. Yeah, kind of be a little bit more topical, be a bit, a little bit more like what's happening this week, that kind of thing. So yeah, let's get it started in here. So what have you been doing this week? Oh my gosh, I've been listening to a lot of Prince Harry. Yeah, <laughs> audiobook. Although I feel his, like I know a lot about him now. I yeah, I mean, I thought I knew stuff, and I was never interested before. But um, so that's been in my car, keeping me busy. And then my son turned seventeen. Can you be- how a how do you have a 17 year I don't know. How did that happen? When I'm 17 still. It's and most so people wild. think I'm 17 still because I was 17 when I wrapped Clarissa Explains It All. So how do I have a 17-year-old? It blows my mind. Did you guys have a good celebration? We did. He was a little like uh, teenage boy. Like I went into a cake place and had to explain to the woman, I'm sorry, I need a cake like last minute because – and I, I felt like I had to apologize. And I was like because he didn't tell us what he wanted to do and so we're just trying to put something together. <laughs> it was weird. It was the first time I didn't get to – like, and the last few years have just been a sleepover with the national championship game. His birthday always happens to be on the national championship, which Alabama tends to play in. So it's been like a sleepover with a few boys watching the football game. But, you know, we have certain foods and there's cake and that kind of thing and certain presents. This year he got a really big Christmas, so he didn't really get a big birthday. Okay. And he and he really just wanted, um, like, he just kind of wanted some, um, like, he just wanted money. So it was like he wanted well, money to go to something specific. So it was like teenage life, teenage life. Money. And that's the thing. Like, it's all changing. Right. It used to be like, what kind of big bash? What kind of invite am I going to send out? What kind of cake are we going to get? That's in the theme. Like his first birthday. Right. was a green birthday. I mean, I called it a green birthday. He loved everything green. Lizards, snakes, 
um, you know, frogs, everything green. So we, we made, have that in common. You not, do. You not guys, green, but all the crawly things. <laughs> he loves his biology. He loves his reptiles, all that. So, you know, for his first cake, it was like there was a frog on it and a gecko on it. And then, you know, we had um, green eggs and ham and we had green Aww. grilled cheeses and green mac and cheese. You know, like we did like green foods everywhere. And then we had like, I just decorated it with like all green balloons. And, you know, just it was just nice to for his first birthday to just pick a simple theme like that, just a color. And then, you know, and then for Brady's, it was his first one was like balls. What was it? Balls, balloons and bubbles. Bubbles, balls, balloons. <laughs> so it was all like round things. And I made a cake. I, you know, I made this cake that was trying to look like balls, but <laughs> not those kinds of balls. You guys clean it up um, so, <laughs> like little kid balls. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make it better. Sports balls, sports balls, like, like bouncy balls. And so, um, so, you know, to not have a birthday to throw, like they've had years of laser tag and they've had years of Star Wars themes. And, and um, this was like the first time it was like, what do you want to do? Nothing. What do you want to do? <sighs> nothing. The nothing. And then all of a sudden, but I was like, but I'm, I know he's going to all of a sudden be like, can I have 17 people over at a pool party? And a blah, 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 blah. So I was trying <laughs> to preempt that. And so I ended up. I did something I probably should have done. Uh -oh. I reached out to his friends. Oh, no. And I was like, maybe we should do a surprise party. I don't know. But this I, is going to end poorly. But I just said to his friends, do you want to go? He wants to go to the trampoline park. Do you want to go jump on the trampolines with him and maybe have dinner with him? And they were like, great, yes. When, what time, where should we meet, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, coordinate with him. <laughs> so trying to get his friends to kind of be like, we want to celebrate with. I even called one mom and said, will you have your son talk to Mason about his birthday and like plan something. So anyway. How'd that work? So... Mark and I are waiting at it. He wanted chicken, too, for dinner, like hot Nashville chicken. So we were sitting at a chicken place with our other two boys. And um, and we're sitting there waiting for him. And Mason, like, doesn't show up. And then his friends don't really show up. And then his friends call us. Where's Mason? And we're like, we don't know. But why don't you come over and have some chicken? And, like, so then finally, about an hour later, Mason and his friends show up. And we all eat a big hot chicken, <laughs> like, meal. And then they all went to the trampoline park. But I was, oh, like, okay. I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, the kid's not on time. His friends are going to be here. It's kind of like when the guest of honor doesn't show up and you're like, what is going on? But these teenage boys, they have their own clock. They have their own timing. They all showed up at the same time. So I guess they were on the same page. Just Mark and I sitting there going, did we make a mistake? Like, does he want us to be a part of this? He said he wanted us here. So he did want to spend his birthday with us, which was nice. So, And he gave me a hug. And when I texted him and I said, I, last night I wrote, I love you. Happy birthday. He wrote, love you too, mom. I almost screenshotted it because you don't get those a lot when Screenshot they're Screenshot it. Save that. Oh, you should. You'll never regret having it. I know, you know, the other day too. One more year of this. In the, the I know. Well, that's what I keep saying. One more year of childhood. And then he, like, our job is done. Oh. Like, I, our job is done. We don't, I'm, of course, we're not going to. I can't handle that thought. I know it's not really, though. Like, I know, the but rest it of his is life. In a, but it's, that's all he needs us for. Like, our job was to get him to 18, healthy, strong, safe. You know, we just had to keep him safe. Keep He's him such a good Healthy kid, and keep him clean. And get them educated. That's I've been like ended. on the verge of barfiness all week at the thought of like kids growing up. I bought a new car this week, which has been great. I love it. It's so exciting. But um, we were trying to figure out like, do we lease? Do we buy? What do we want to do? And my husband looked at me and he was like, well, we've only got like six years until Riker's driving. It could be his car. And I was like, who? Yeah. I'm like, nope. You know when mm -hmm. you get like a credit card, you get your new credit card and the expiration date? Like, I looked at the expiration so date when I got it. Yeah, it always feels like it's like, what, seven years away or something like that? And I looked at it when I got it, and I was like, that's when Mason's going to graduate. Ew! Ew! And now, all of a sudden, that credit card is one year away from expiring, and I'm like, oh, I don't like it. No! I don't like it. No. Oh, But this gosh. is what this is our job. I mean, it's like, 
it, this is what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to get them on. We're supposed to move them on to their their own. We're supposed to raise them up right. And that's hopefully what we've done. And then send them out in the world and hope that, you know. Oh, well, you've done a really good job with that one. Oh, thanks. With all three of them, really. It but doesn't always feel like it, but thank you for saying so. I love your kids. They're amazing. Oh, I'm glad they're nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're nice to other people. Well, Mason makes me think of football. And footballers, we have to talk about oh, um, yeah. Jamar Hamlin. How I mean, miraculous. I was sitting, it's funny because my husband is the football guy, of course, mm -hmm. and we were sitting at a Mexican restaurant when that game was on, and I'm the only one facing two TVs. And Mark said my face just dropped. Like, I was like, uh, that guy just fell down. And he kind of turned around and watched and looked at it, looked it up on Twitter and whatnot, and kind of looked it up and was like, uh, something's going on. There's an ambulance. And then when you saw the other players' faces, I know. That's when you were like, something's, because usually they'll be like, they'll get down on a knee, someone's got a broken, you know, leg, or, you know, they're just checking them out. That was just beyond. And it just, I mean, it stopped the world for a minute. Like, it stopped mm -hmm. our country for a minute, where everybody stopped and prayed and thought and, it, it changed the dynamic for a second. I had no idea what was going on. And one of our friends sent a message to our group text and was like, hey, anybody else watching this? I wanted to send one to the group text too, but I wasn't sure that everyone watches. I don't really watch, but I turned it on obviously in that moment just to yeah. see what she was talking about and prayed for the kid because I didn't know who he was or you know what had happened to him. But the whole night, my heart was just like, oh, like you're worried. Yeah. And I, this wasn't someone I knew, but I've been following it since because I've been well, concerned. Well, it certainly felt like he wasn't going to make it. It definitely it certainly felt, felt like it. he was gone on the field and they were just trying to, you know, keep up hope. But I, it, it's a, it's miraculous the way he recovered, the way he responded, the way he, he went on Instagram and posted. And like, oh, my favorite was the video that was going around of his FaceTime I don't know who it was too, but he was like, I'm going I think home. Player. I think it was his player. I it think was it might so have been the cute. Team. And I was like tearing up, like yeah. so happy for him because he was so happy. But I heard that he like woke up immediately and was like, did we win? Oh, like, it was not like a. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Apparently they started. I didn't know this. They started doing CPR like 30 seconds after he fell down. So they kept the blood pumping through and his body, which his is life. huge. And his brain. Saved I'm his sure. brain. Which is why even if his body had come back, his brain would have could have been gone and, and they did a miraculous thing. But then didn't um, like a player died yesterday, 31 oh, no. year old player. Like it's funny because like I think that what's interesting about this story is we all watched it. Right. It mm -hmm. was live. It was on video. We have tons of angles of this happening. And, you know, to think he's 24, his mom is there watching as a football mom. I can tell you there's a football mom prayer that's something that goes something like um, maybe we can post it somewhere because it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mom just watches to see her boy get out of the pile, get up from the pile, get up from the pile. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't even a pile. This was just him taking I mean, a hit he just stand, or making the hit, standing up, falling over. I mean, falling over with his arms straight down. Like he didn't even catch himself. He didn't hold on to his heart like a heart attack happens. No, like, I don't think he felt any pain. I think it was just an immediate. Just went down hard. It was and, and to know his mom is there and he and his dad somewhere, you know, that your parents, siblings, friends watching at home. And like it's every mom's worst nightmare to think. And my concern was, where's his mom? Where's his mom? But apparently they got her she out of the bleachers, there with them, yeah. brought her down, put her in the now, ambulance. As a football mom, though, is it worth this? Like, well, Mason looks at me and goes, this is why I'm not too hot on playing football anymore. But he wants to fly airplanes. That's not any safer. It's you a know lot I mean? safer. <laughs> Flying airplanes? I think it's a lot safer. You trust my 17-year-old behind a in, a, in an engine, with an engine and a, and a, yeah. and a yoke and a, yeah, yeah up in the sky? Yeah, for sure. It's not a high-impact sport. 
It is if you hit the ground. Yeah, but the likelihood <laughs> of that happening. He's safer flying than he is driving a car. I, mm, yeah. Um, but not his own plane. He's safer being in someone else's area. He's safer being in a commercial jet. But when you train to become a pilot and doing it, especially the way that Mason does it, private lessons, lots of hours in the cockpit with someone. He does do a simulator. Him. He has a simulator. He has a simulator. He, he is going to have more experience behind him than most people flying airliners. Yeah. yeah. So, he yeah, does have a lot I would totally trust Mason. I know. I know. But then I but he's sitting there saying, you know, this is why you shouldn't want me to play football, because things like this can happen. And that was a freak accident. Yeah. I mean, what happened to DeMar Hamlin was a freak accident. Yeah. Um, but For sure. It was like a God. perfect angle, perfect timing. But what a nice way to start the year that, like, we have a positive story out of it. That he oh, I know. Is... I, I mean, I teared up for the guy. I've never met him. I've I hardly watched football. And for me to be so affected by it, I was like, this is, like, a miracle. This is a walking yeah. miracle. And I know God's going to do something crazy good with that kid because it's— Well, he already no raised way he'd be walking around if he seven million for his charity for children, That's right? incredible. I think it's, like, children's to- toys to donate to the children. I think it was, like, at a couple hundred thousand or something before he started— that game, and then after that game, I think it was around seven million or something. That's insane. That's incredible. It's, it's amazing. So something good already came out of it. And besides the fact that you know his mommy still gets to hug him, oh thank God. I'm I gonna, know. I'm gonna tear up thinking about Ooh. that. But like, but it does happen. I was thinking about this too. It does happen a lot, right? In this sport, especially like summertime workouts in the heat. Well, not just the hard stuff, but like the concussions, the CTEs, concussions, things like that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of long well, the heat term. stroke, a lot of heat stroke stuff, yeah. a lot of compound fractures, career-ending injuries. That then you think about Booby Miles in the movie Friday Night Lights, and like he breaks his leg, can't play again, but that's all he's been trained to do is play football. I always watch, you know, when when people so I kind of have a little bit of a, a jinx on me where if I wear <laughs> if I, I wear someone's this. jersey yep. they usually have a career-ending injury or just happen to just never play again so I don't really like to wear people's jerseys um however I do wear my son's at his game so that's weird maybe I shouldn't do that anymore <laughs> but um isn't that a thing too like the video game Madden they say if you're on the cover oh yeah if you're the, the cover of Madden, it's a big curse <laughs> it's like the Madden and Melissa yeah. Madden Melissa anything with an M kind of creates a curse in football <laughs> But yeah, so I just, uh, I mean, there was, pro throw was a big player at Alabama, and I loved him because he rolled into the end zone with a ball. He caught a ball behind a defender's back and then somersaulted with the guy into the end zone for a touchdown. It was amazing. We actually have a picture of it hanging up in our house. It hangs above Brady's bed right now of pro throw rolling in the end zone. And then I think it was like the next game or the one after that where we were at the game and you could hear his leg snap oh, and no. go into the mm. ground Mm-mm. And he got an infection in his leg, and he never played again. And it's like, you know, these boys that are raised up to just do these the, this very, very physical activity, it's just tough because I—and and look, all my son's friends and everyone I know, they are football people, and that's mm-hmm. what they want—these boys want to do. That's all they want to do. It's the only thing they want to do in college. But it just worries me because every injury is— Well, thank God that Mason has something else he loves, too. I know. I know. I, it is a little bit of relief going into college, no, knowing that he can, you know, if he gets good— scores on his tests and he gets a good gpa he he's can, gonna do great he can do some stuff and it's not all well, i have no doubt he's so smart anyway and so sweet oh thanks you're doing good and he's 17 you guys my baby's 17 <laughs> <laughs> okay well we i was gonna talk about the golden globes but i do feel want, like do you want to talk about the globes we have to talk about angela bassett oh. she won I think you have the list. I forgot what she went for. Angela Bassett. Let's see. So supporting actress. Fu- you know what? I didn't watch them, guys. I'm full full disclosure here. I know I'm in the industry. Well, I have <laughs> to show you what this dress looked like because it 
I kind of forgot that the Globes were on, to be honest. But uh, Jenna Ortega is with my manager, Gordon, who I love. And Jenna uh, was nominated. And now she's nominated for a SAG Award. Because now it's award season. Beautiful. Jenna, she looked yes, fantastic she in Prada, presented. in pink Prada, right? I saw her Um Let's see, Instagram Angela Bassett, today. Golden Globe gown. Okay, so this gown, is there anything more quintessentially old Hollywood yeah. than that dress? Statuesque, like <gasps> uh, silver. Beautiful. Floor length. And her, I mean, beating, everything. Probably really heavy because of all the beading, right? Probably. But stunning. Best look of the night, in my opinion. Oh, no. The chair just ate my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We'll find it. Uh, it's okay, so let's talk about the winners real quick. So, Austin Butler. You've got, oh, Angela Bassett did win. Oh, she, she won did. for Wakanda. She was the first yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the Black night. Panther. And her speech was great, beautiful, hands down, the most beautiful woman there. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, her speech best apparently. speech yeah. ever. Well, she's funny in such a quirky way, right? Yes. I felt like she was doing stand-up the whole time. Although, spoiler alert, I haven't watched the new season of White Lotus and I can't wait, but she said that she dies in it. So I was like, she does. It. Now I know. She does. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> but it's so good. And the way they do it, as sad as I am to see her character go because I love her. Tanya is the best. They do it so perfectly. I'm sure she can come. Well, does she shit in a suitcase like in the last? <laughs> no, that wasn't her. <laughs> the best part. I know that wasn't her, but that's the guy who died in the first one. But like uh, that's spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. But I love that scene. The 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 way the they... oh that is the most awkward scene. Can you oh, imagine filming that? The way they shot it though, and oh. all I can think of is how did they do it? Because he's it's just a profile <laughs> of his of him and the poop and the suitcase and coming he, out. And he, yeah, well, and he and he squats down over the suitcase, and you just see like a Hershey squirt come on out, like a like a like a soft serve ice cream. So I want to know how they shot that. Like was the was it CGI? But it's just like Tell shadowing. Us. It's like you don't really see. It's not well lit. Like it's it's backlit, so it's shadowed. So it's like just a profile. It, it's such a cool <laughs> way to show it without actually showing like the details of it. So I, I love that show. I love I how grungy how it, it is. I love how honest it is. And absolute. I mean, it's so. Funny. I can't and wait to so see the dark. season. I've, there's so much to catch up on. It's insane. I'm still catching up on Handmaid's Tale and so much stuff. So I know. I mean, and then there's, so The Crown was nominated but didn't win because House of Dragons won. Aren't you so happy? I, I get along. I, I I agree with that one. I I mean, Better Call Sal is great. The Crown is great. Ozark, great. Severance, I haven't seen. But House of Dragons, yeah. Like, yes. Um, Fablemans, I... Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Now, my husband and son went to see it, and they said it's very good. I can't wait. My friend, they're both filmmaker people, so. But it's about Spiel. So here's the thing there's been a ton of autobiographies, right? Mm -hmm. Like where people write their own book. But I don't know of an autobiographical movie with a director about the director. Like, I don't think there's been one done. So for Spielberg to do a movie about uh, Spielberg. Almost famous, Cameron Crowe. But was that about him? Was yeah. it really about him? Yeah, that's his life story. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that close. I thought it was just sort of like taken from real life. But it's such an interesting concept. And it's just such a different way to do And when I mean, look, here's the thing. Every once in a while I have to pinch myself and go, Spielberg's still like a current. Like look at the mm-hmm. list of directors, right? You have Cameron. You have James Cameron. You have Boz Lerman. I mean, you have Steven Spielberg. In the DGA, there's, um, oh, there's so many like old-timey directors that are still 
you know, the the classics, the the best of the best, George Lucas, like these, yeah. some of these guys are still with us that were like, you know, that you talk about in 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 sort of a context of icon legend, right? As if they're gone, icons. yeah, yeah. But they're still with like us. Like you're and learning about making, them in film school, and they're still working. And they're still they're the ones that set the precedent. They're the ones that did the best of the best work, and they're still doing it. It's yeah. so cool. It is cool, but you got to think like film. It's an how how many years has this been a thing? Hundred years? Yeah, let's say hundred. Well, that's the thing. But you think about like Marilyn Monroe's gone, Elvis Presley's gone. You think about some of these old time stars. You know, you, Rosemary Clooney. Or it feels you know, very separated. It in feels time. like that was a different like. It's you'd almost don't even remember the directors from that. I mean, you have Francis Ford Coppola. You have like all these people that now are still living and making movies, mm-hmm. and like they're the guys that are. And unfortunately, not really many girls. I mean, we lost Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall, but um, but like these are still the people that are like out there entertaining us, and and now they're making movies about themselves. <laughs> so cool. It's pretty cool. But it's a great story to tell. Riker was he's ten, and he was so entertained. And inspired, he came home, and of course, the thing he really took from it is how to fake blood coming out of a shirt. <laughs> and it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's, he's been making lots of movies where he gets shot and things ooze out, but I won't let him use red. So what? he's like in the bathroom taking washable markers and taking the ink out and making like purple. <laughs> so I'll let him do it because <laughs> I was like, I don't want violence. Like you can be an alien that bleeds purple. It's fine. Oh, that's cool. But you cannot be like gory. And Neon gross. yellow or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do something that's fun. clearly fake. I'm good yeah. at that. I like that. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Did you see that one? Because that one. No, but I really want to see that. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Uh, Ki Hui Kwan or Ki Hui Kwan. On. I don't know how you say it. Don't look at me. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner for Yellowstone, which I think is interesting because I do think like Bob Odenkirk. I don't know. I think Costner's just Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner is still fabulously beautiful. He's, he's Costner. Like it's not. I don't know. He's not I went into um, a friend's bathroom the other day. <laughs> so fun fact over the weekend, I got my assistant's son engaged. Oh, uh, you got them engaged. I, okay. So quick story time. Last week, he was here in our office for a job interview, and I cornered him, and he's been dating his girlfriend for, like, three or four years, like, long enough. He's about to graduate law school. He's got a lot going on in his life. She's fabulous. And I was like, so you're here to talk about the future, huh? And he was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. I was like, speaking of future, when are you going to propose? Oh, my God. Here's the thing. I already knew he had a ring. I, like, I knew it was going to happen, but he was not making plans. He was moving very slow. And he was like, well, I really should have already done it, but, you know, I've got to get through school, yada, yada. And I was like, mm, I don't like that answer. No. We're going to need to get this done. And he's like, well, like when? I was like, like tomorrow? Oh, geez. And he's like, I don't think I could get it done that fast. I was like, oh, I could. He's like, what did you do? Did you help him with the scenario? Oh, I did the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. That's cute. I've done that once before. I came up but... with the whole plan. I decorated. <laughs> Though I, His mom hired a photographer. Her parents, like, got her there. Wow. Boom. Done. The next day, I got him engaged. Nice. It was awesome. I helped one of Mark's band members once set him up on a beach at a restaurant, um, get them the window, you know, the window table, and oh, then yeah. set him up with a, told him he had to go, oh, they had. They told him that he had to wait for their table, and they had to go outside by the beach, and they're walking on the beach, and uh, a glass bottle um, with a note in it oh. was there. 
but she wouldn't That's take her shoes bottle. off to go in the sand. So he had to try to convince her to walk in the sand to go find the bottle. Oh, no. But we, I was hiding in the bushes taking pictures. And I then, was in a cedar tree. You were? Yeah. Were you taking pictures? Oh, where was it? Oh, so I was in the friend's bathroom. So this girl's grandmother has this beautiful house. I got out this farm where he proposed. And so we're all like gathering, waiting on everything to go down. And I walk into her bathroom and on the side of the vanity in her bathroom is this massive poster of Kevin Costner's face. (laughs) And I walk out and I was like, um, why is Kevin Costner watching me pee? She's like, because if anybody's going to watch you pee, don't you want it to be Kevin Costner? (laughs) Well, I have Dolly Parton in mine. Is that bad? I was like, Yes, yes, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, there is, uh, if, you, if you're interested, Party Fell has um, Yellowstone trivia on Wednesday nights, apparently. Well, I would fail because I haven't seen it. Oh, that's true. That's true. You don't like that kind of violent stuff. And that is violent. No, I have but not... the bear. I could win the bear trivia. What else won? Let's see. So the bear, uh, the dropout, Amanda Seafried won for the dropout, uh, White Lotus. Is that how you um, say it? Seafried? I thought so. Seafried? Seafried? I don't know. I'm asking. Actually, I don't know. Let's go watch the Golden Globes and we'll come know. on, Madam Director. You should know this. Oh, Abbott Elementary one and Quinta Brunson from Abbott Elementary. See, that's one I need to watch. I feel like I would really mm-hmm. like that. And I then think of course I would like Austin. It too. I've heard really great things about it. Oh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, Tammy Miller. The Banshees of Inisherin won for best uh, motion picture musical comedy. I've the not ba- even heard it's, of that. Uh, uh, Colin Firth. Um, it's an Irish movie. Colin, which Colin? Colin Firth. Colin. No, Colin, no. The uh, Col- which one uh, is Colin uh, Firth? Uh, Colin Firth's old, he's um I, I love actually it's Colin Colin Farrell, but yeah 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 Colin Farrell, the Irish is handsome he still bloke. hot? Yeah, he is. Okay, good. But I haven't seen this one yet. But I want. <laughs> I think to, of like, him in like nineties Colin like, Farrell, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. No, I think he still looks pretty similar. But um, the thing is about these like these categories. What I like about the Globes is you have best motion picture drama, and then you have musical comedy, musical or comedy. And why so, are musicals and comedies? Stuck together. That's not fair. Because I guess they just assume there's not a... Although there's more of those, it seems. Them. But, I mean, as far as, you know... Well, best, best motion picture, I think, went to the best one. I mean, Avatar, great. But mm, Elvis, fantastic. But I still think there were some things lacking. Fablemans, I haven't seen, so I don't know. But I have a feeling it's so what spectacular. One? Fablemans. Oh. And then there's Tar, right? There's an accent over the A. I don't know if you say it. Terror. Um, and Top Gun Maverick, which I think is brilliant. That probably, I mean, Elvis was amazing, so... Yeah, it, Top Gun is but Top probably Gun one of my all-time so favorite movies. That I've, so Maverick good. is probably one of my all-time favorite movies I've ever seen in the theater. Like, I was on a roller coaster. And I, I was like throwing my hands in the air and screaming as they're, like, as if I'm on a roller coaster. It was holding like, your breath when you're oh, in the G-forces. Squeezing Mark's hand, jumping out of my seat, screaming. Do they like, do that one in 4D? Maybe we should go do that in, like, oh, in the chair. so that's much like, fun. I just, I, I had my own 4D going on. Mark was laughing at me. Martha Ann went with us. Our friend Martha Ann went, and she just kept looking at me and, like, laughing at me. Because I was like, was she woo! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're right over there. But then I think I told you that I've already seen, I just watched Knives Out and Glass Onion. Yeah. So that was a really, Glass those Onion's were really fun. Glass happening hopefully this weekend. Because that was nominated in the comedy. So here's the thing, like when Mark won't watch, Mark hates like, he's like, it's an Oscar movie, forget it, it's going to be boring. But <laughs> if it's a Globe movie and it's a, in the comedy division, you've got things like Babylon that I'm desperately, I desperately want to see. Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere at All at Once, Glass Onion and Triangle of Sadness. Okay, Babylon. I'm a little nervous. I feel like they keep trying to make Babylon happen. Is it like the story of Babylon? It's like Hollywood, right? Yeah, but what does Babylon mean? It's like it's... early Hollywood. Is it? Yeah. I thought it looked like 70s. 
Like Margot Margot no, Robbie. I Brad, think it's uh, who is it? Margot Robbie. Uh, is it Brad Pitt? I think it's yeah. Brad yeah, Pitt, the twenty right? twenties maybe. It's like silent film. Is it right? Interesting. Let's see. Let me see. Uh, a tale of outsized ambition and outra- uh, outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. The original epic set in 1920s L.A. with Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Diego Calva with an ensemble cast including these people. Um, a tale of outsized. Yeah. And it yeah. just repeats what it said. There you go. Yeah, Apparently it didn't do as well as I, I expected, but I feel like now they're just really like trying to, to force it on me. But now I really want to see it. I didn't know it was took Which place in the 20s. just makes me want to see it less. I love that period. That is not Needs what I got. my idea. That's not what I got from the preview at all. It's so weird. <laughs> well, now you know. Now I know. All right, I'm going to go watch that one. Maybe that's why it did poorly. Because people didn't know what well, it was. Well, they put so much on their leading cast. Like, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, come well, see it. And the most like, beautiful people in the whole wide world. Okay, but... Tell me what it is or I'll just wait. That's the problem these days. We can wait. We never used yeah. to be able to wait. If you didn't see it in the theater that week, it was gone. In my, in my not hard pants and be very happy. Not hard pants? Is that See, jeans used to be a lax pla- kind of pant and now no. jeans are like too rigid for us. No hard pants. <laughs> no hard pants. Let's do, you want to you wanna move on to questions? Let's. Oh, let's do questions. I'm so excited about this part. Guys, I need you to make this a thing. Stick with us. Yeah, send ask us, us all the questions. questions. Send us questions. Every week we'll ask Interact you for questions. And you guys can ask us because and we will try to answer. I love this idea. I love talking to all of y'all on Instagram anyway. I get messages from some people and I really enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun to interact. All right. Especially because we want to know what you, I mean, we're doing this for you guys. So, I mean, it's fun for us too. But we, yeah. we're doing it for you guys. So tell us what you like. Um, okay. Let's see. What do you have? What do you have? What do you want to ask? Okay, so the first one I have is from what I assume is Prince, P-R-X-C-E dot Alex. Mm-hmm. And it says, this question is for both Melissa and Amanda. If you could pick from these three of Melissa's most iconic <laughs> characters, which one would you want to spend an entire day with and why? Sabrina, uh, Clarissa, or Mel Burke? Wow, that's a tough one. Because, like, I mean, Sabrina, maybe she'd wish you a, you know, grant you a wish kind of thing with her magic. You could do something fun, like go ski on Mars. Hmm. But like Clarissa is more adventurous. But Mel is just a lush, hot mess. Fun. So fun. Yeah, but maybe not fun to be around. Maybe more fun for me to play than you to don't be around. Think you'd hang out with Mel? I, uh, I think I would, but I think she'd get tiring. It's a lot of energy. She'd be a small doses friend. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, small doses. <laughs> it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of hot mess stuff going on. So I think you're getting in a lot of trouble with her. But I'm going to go with Clarissa because I feel like I grew up with her. Yeah. And I, in my head, we'd wear the same clothes size so I could raid her closet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like go. Yeah. Like we'd probably be a bit bohemian together. There's also a, there's something about Clarissa. She likes like she was like She'd history be- and music, and so you'd be fun to go to a concert with, or like you could go with her to like the museum or so, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could kind of do anything with her, and it'd be cool. Yes, and I feel like she'd totally be down for the French seventy five game. French seventy five, yes, yeah. I think we should. I think I think I would agree. I think Clarissa, except that I'm kind of thinking like Sabrina would grant me a wish. Like maybe I could like you know make Mason sixteen again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, mama. Mm. Don't you feel like as moms we should get presents for our kids' birthday? Yeah, like, I do like it when there's people that them. reach out that are like, happy birthday to you. Like, Yeah, like, thanks, mom. Especially the first one. Man, they're tough to get out. Whole watermelon out, your out of your legs. 
Cha-Cha Louise. <laughs> Cha-Cha Louise. <laughs> Sorry. All right, what else we got? I'd love to hear Amanda do short book reviews. Amanda, what have you been reading? Give us a book review. Well, did I tell you about the Wellbone Theater last a week? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm still doing that one. And we'll talk about this more in a few minutes, but I just started Spare. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, But over the holidays, I read this quick little book called um, The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. Mm. And it's like a teen read. It's not like anything spectacular, um, but it's about this teenage girl who lives on this spaceship and she's heading towards like a second Earth kind of thing. A little similar to um, one of the plot points in Cloud Cuckoo Land. I don't know if anybody's read that I've one. I've never heard of that. That's another great one that I've read um, over the last couple of months. What a great title. It's really, <laughs> it's it's a lot of Greek. If you like Greek mythology, okay. you'll like Cloud Cuckoo Land. Right. Um, a little Percy Jackson. Yeah, sort of. But less gods, more war. Okay. Um, but really, really well done. Um, but Loneliest Girl in the Universe was really fast and fun. All right. So There's highly one. recommend if you like a little... Um, twisty, turny, can read it in half a day kind of book. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, someone wanted said, I've never talked about Twisted Desire. This is BuzzBomb86. Please talk about Twisted Desire. You gave a brilliant performance, and it's very different from most of your work. You rarely mention it. How come? How did you become involved in the project? What was it like to play a dark character? Also what is Silence Twisted and Desire? Twisted Desire, you guys. I had, wait, is this the one? Yeah. I had just finished Clarissa. No. So I did one with Jason Marsden and like um, a lot of the cast from like laughing. Hold up. And we did. Did the brain give this question? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No. That was a different. I was thinking they were around the same time, but actually they're about a year apart. I think Twisted Desire I did when I was about 19 or 20. I think we shot it in South Carolina, Charleston, I think it was. Mm-hmm. First time I had shrimp and grits. Um, I do remember that. Um, oh, maybe I was like. Yeah, no, it was before I started. Sabrina. So I must have been about 20 when I did it. So in Twisted Desire, I'm obsessed with David Lasher. Um, the actor David Lasher. <laughs> Funny enough, he was in Sabrina. Hey, from, dude. He was in, yeah, hey, dude. He's got his podcast now. But he um, he was also on Sabrina as Josh for many years, um, my boyfriend there. But in this one, this is the first time we worked together. He was my boyfriend. And he broke up with me because my dad was too overbearing and made me have, my dad played by uh, Daniel Baldwin. Okay. Um, And his real life wife at the time played my mom and they made me like come home from he came to a party and dragged me out of the party like my dad was like no you missed curfew and all this stuff right he's very strict so David Lasher's character breaks up with me and so I fall in love with kind of bad boy neighbor I think uh, played by Jeremy Jeremy Jordan if you watched 90210 do you remember Tori Spelling going at the end of the episode I think she maybe it's the beginning she'd go up to a juice jukebox in the peach pit and push a button and go Jeremy Jordan all right and then it's the right kind of love you the right so that's Jeremy Jordan so oh, Jeremy, that Jeremy Jordan that Jeremy Jordan okay so Jeremy Jordan um, yeah because I think there's a lot of Jeremy Jordans so that Jeremy Jordan be is my boyfriend I kind of uh, he likes me and I kind of start a relationship with him actually it's probably the only sex scene I've ever done and um like, uh- like it's sexy. Like we were like, like if it was today, like SAG would have an intimacy coach with us, kind of thing. Oh, I, it didn't get that race. It was for NBC. Oh, okay. But um, but we, I think it was NBC, maybe ABC. Anyway, so Jeremy Jordan and I uh kind of fall in love, get it on in my parents' bed. They come home, they're like they rage because they find us in their bed, and uh, I convince him that the only way for us to be together is for him to take out my parents. So I convinced him to kill my parents, based on true stories. So this is one of the first, like, true crime movies. 
Um, and so he, I convince him to kill my parents, and he shoots them, and then he goes to prison, and I get David Lasher back. Sorry. A spoiler alert. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, dude. Just breaking it's that the rack. Jeremy Jordan. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was a fun one for me. I got to be very twisted with my desire. But then Silencing Mary is another fun one. That one I was doing when I did Sabrina. Um, my sister was a producer with me. She came up with this great idea while she was researching colleges. She realized that universities have their own police system and mm -hmm. rapes are rarely mentioned in local police reports. So you can't get the records for a certain college of how safe their campus is. It was originally called Campus Justice. And so my sister did this research and basically created this storyline, and then we got a writer to write the script about how a girl working at the school paper at a, on a university campus um, discovers that the uh, the rape culture is being hidden. Yes, and this I is know like, this movie. This is a long time ago. Yeah, so it was originally called Campus Justice when we filmed it, but so I still kind of call it that sometimes because I forget that it was it became Silencing Mary. I was Mary, and they were trying to the football team's trying to silence me. Brutally. You will not be silenced. It's a great cast, actually. We have a really fantastic cast, and you will recognize a lot of those faces in there. And um, we filmed it in Vancouver, so it's a lot of uh, Vancouver talent that still works to this day, like a lot of people that you'll see in a lot of projects these days. And um, it was just an interesting—it was another darker uh, drama. So I guess I guess Buzz Bomb likes my drama work. Thank you so nice. much. I hope you've seen Dirty Little Secrets because that was my most recent one. So, Amanda, you know how uh, sometimes you'll find, like, a strange birthmark and, like, we'll send it to our group chat? <laughs> the picture of, is this normal? Is this normal? What should I do about this? What do you think this is? Is Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea to text your group chat people about your health problems? It's probably not great because you're not really likely to find great medical advice. It's um, definitely a, a bad Bad idea to ask your friends or go down the rabbit hole of TikTok or Googling something about your symptoms. You that will most likely always be dying. You, you will that. within two. They say within two clicks, you could be dying. Like that's the <laughs> way it will go if you don't use a professional doctor and get a true medical opinion. We have a way to make that way easier through one of our new sponsors, ZocDoc. Yes. On ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you listen to you, and prioritize your care, unlike your text group chat TikTok people. I mean, they care about us, but maybe not as much as they a doctor. They do, but they don't know what they're talking about, so you got to go to ZocDoc. <laughs> ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor, and you haven't met them yet. Yeah, millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and scheduled just right. So go to ZocDoc.com slash WWB and download the ZocDoc app for free. Yeah. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Yeah, when you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. So go to ZocDoc, that's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot -O -C com slash WWB, ZocDoc dot com slash WWB. And thanks, ZocDoc, for sponsoring What Women Binge. All right, let's year. do one more. Okay, so here's a cute one. Do you think Tucker will be an actor? That's from Eliana. Huh. Well, this Cassias? will lead us into our big topic today because... Um, I don't know if Tucker will be an actor. I also have an inkling that maybe Brady will go that route because they totally both are like kind of artists at heart. Mm -hmm. um, they both like to be creative. They both like, um, I don't know, they're, they're, they've both been really good liars. 
So maybe that <laughs> leads to it. But up until now, I will say that my kids, if they showed any interest in being in the business, it was for the wrong reasons. It was for money and fame. Oh, really? they think it's easy and they think that that's, you know. So I think you've proven that it's not easy. Well, I don't think I, I, don't think I have because they come to work and they see the craft service table, which is the food, right? They go and they get their, <laughs> they can have donuts or lollipops or whatever they want. There's tons of gum and cheese balls and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they, they see that part of it. They see the parts when I don't work. They see the parts when people are fluffing my hair and like, you know, and I'm getting a lot of attention and the bright lights or the applause and that kind of thing. They don't see me learning my lines or me doing the rehearsals over and over again or, you know, they don't see the um, sort of the the behind the scenes, the real behind the scenes, like. They're behind the I scenes. I feel like Tucker thing, got a good view of that when you were doing Santa Boot Camp this summer. He realized though. that he didn't want to do it over and over and over again. Well, and watching you and how, like, the hours you were there on set. Yeah, and- but he, well, and he, here's the thing. He was, like, ready to do it, and he was, he did it, and he did it five he times. He did a great job. But then when we had to move the camera, and he had to do it again a half an hour later. And then <laughs> we moved the camera, and he had to do it a half an hour later. He was really not happy about it. Well, my friends are here. I want to play now, because all his friends were in the right. movie as well. As you know, because yours was one of them. Um, but they were, you know, he was confused by the work ethic of it all. And, but the thing is, there was an, there was a magazine that came out about the movie, sort of more about generally about Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a girl was on set with us the whole time and did this article in this magazine. It really made me mad because she said that Tucker didn't know his lines and I, and I bribed him with a trip to Target. And it made me very upset because it mainly sounded like, and now with this Nepo baby topic, yeah. Um, that all of a sudden came up. It sounded very much like I, like she's crying out nepotism that like I gave my son this part because. But he did know I his lines. Mom. He knew his lines from the time he auditioned for it. I he was there. I watched him auditioned. Go. <laughs> I, I helped him audition, put him on tape, sent it to uh, the producers. They approved. They sent it to the network. The network approved because if they hadn't, they could have been like, well, let's do a round of auditions and see. Yeah. And that would have been fine. Um you know, we knew that it was, I only want him to be there if he's the best for the part. I don't want to embarrass himself, myself, the movie, you know. Right. So, um, so anyway, so I got very upset about that article because the girl was on set the whole time and saw that he was a, he was a serious professional until he wanted to mess around. And then it was like, hey, remember, you're going to Target after. Also, remember, he's a 10-year-old kid. But also, like, I get paid to work. Part of the reason I behave myself at work is because I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like, for him to go to Target and be able to pick out a toy. When I was a little girl and I was acting, I didn't know what my paychecks were. I didn't know I was putting food on the table and clothes on my back and helping us do a family vacation once a year. I was getting a Barbie. Yeah. And that was great. I got a Barbie if I did a good job at work. And he got a trip to Target if he did. So I was like, that's not bribery. That's no. getting paid. And that and the money goes into his college account, but he doesn't see that for a long time. That's nothing right. for him. So anyway. It, that's that made a me perfect mad. transition into this whole Nepo Baby well, conversation. Well, and then last week when he was on our podcast, somebody cried Nepo Baby under the post I did about him being on the podcast. They said, oh, nepotism is at its finest. And I said, no, more like bring your child to work day or I, I don't know. Like it was just fun to have him here. Like he was upset because he's like he's a Stranger Things fan. Why wouldn't we have him on to talk about Stranger Things? Like right. it wasn't nepotism. He's not getting paid for this. Like it was a fun thing to do. Here's my whole view on this, though. If you are a parent, no matter what you do, your child is going to be influenced by it, whether you're in entertainment, whether you're like my dad was a plumber. Yeah. I know a lot about plumbing because my dad was a plumber. Yeah. Did I choose to become a plumber? No. But if I had, 
Would that be nepotism? That's the thing. Okay, no. so this all— So what is— It stems back to me for, like, right around Christmas when this all came out. My sister sent an article to the whole family and was like, interesting, huh? Like, I think it was New York Times or Vanity Fair or something. And it was all nepo babies, right? And she's like, interesting, huh? I'm like, not really. I don't—there's not a there's not a conversation. I, do, I don't understand why we're still talking about this. So it makes me mad that we're bringing it up here. But at the same time, it is still a topic, a relevant topic that is hurting people's lives. Just—it just sounds—it just, just feels like useless gossip that's filling up space because people want to have something juicy to talk about. They want to talk about Prince Harry. They want to talk about Well, nepotism. and they like to think that people don't deserve— their place. And they're all, and like the they have the consumers. Their We're the ones watching the movies. I love one of my favorite Nepo babies right now is Maya Hawk. Like oh, she, yeah. My phone is just going Fabulous. berserk. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. My, but look, I am obsessed with Maya Hawk because I saw her on Stranger Things. I don't care how she got there. And here's the thing she's an adult. Every Nepo baby I can think of, minus one, started their careers after 18. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with family business. And honestly, I don't have any issue with them starting younger than that. If that's what they choose to do and their parents are going to be able to keep them safer than any other parents that would be coming in blindly. I mean, think about how protective your mother had to be when you were a child actor and she was trying to make sure that you were safe and you were well taken care of and you weren't overworked. And now at least there's, you know, rules and regulations in place to help do that. But You've said before, that was not a thing when you were doing Clarissa and some of these other shows. No. So at least these kids are well prepared. They're with people who are going to keep them as safe as possible and help direct them in a way that's going to help them be successful. I mean, I really feel like, look, if if you were raised on a farm, you probably know a lot about farming. You've helped out. You've, you know, gotten the eggs from the chicken or you plowed the field. You get ridden in the in the plow with Mm -hmm. your dad or, you know, you've. You've been a part of something. If you're an artist, you've seen, you know, if your parents were an artist, if you, um, there's, there's just so many, there's so many family businesses. Uh, how many construction companies are like, you know, Harry and son, you know, and like, right. That's how is that not nepotism? Like nepotism to me is like when you get your daddy to give your boyfriend a job, you know, maybe, maybe you're opening a door that they're not qualified for or something like right. that. Right. So maybe, but you know, if your dad's a lawyer and you've watched him study law and you just are like, you know what, that's interesting. What's that about? Let me see. But in the art industry, music, athletics, I think, um, and especially in showbiz, there's there's an element of bring your child with you. There's, a, there's a little bit of a loosey-goosey you can bring your child sometimes to set, right? Mm-hmm. So they see certain things. They can watch you in a play or they can sit backstage with you while you get ready for your TV show or talk show or whatever it is. And they... There's a there's a shorthand that happens in this industry that um, is half the battle of, of of being experienced in this industry. So if you know the shorthand and you understand certain things, then you the pathway is going to be a little bit easier for you. And if your last name is Pitt, it will be a little bit easier for you. If your right. last name is Clooney, it's going to be a little easier for you. You might get you. meetings more easily or auditions more easily, but you still have to prove yourself. Probably not, though. Here's the thing, like that whole Timothy Chamelay, 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 that guy, he, that cute, that little cutie. The whole story that came out about him and his agent saying, oh, he hasn't auditioned for anything in 10 years. That's not because of nepotism. It's because he's freaking talented. It's because he got a big gig. However he got that first big gig, it opened. He's really good. He's been nominated for things. He's constantly the number one pick of any 
boy he related in his twenties. Anyway? His uncle was a director, and his parents like were oh sort of like writers. We're reaching. Oh, we're so reaching oh. on that one. He is not a nepo baby by any means. But well, like Tom Hanks said, this is a family business. It's a family business, and none of these kids. Breast, Bryce Dallas Howard. Maya Hawk, who I'm obsessed with. I think she's brilliant. She looks like her mother. She acts like her father. She's mm-hmm. like... Well, like she, Lily Collins is having a huge m- moment with Emily in Paris. Yes. And, I mean, she's clearly talented. Like, who cares who her family is? If you don't like them... Here's the thing. There are a lot of people, friends of mine, mm-hmm. who have children they've tried to get in the industry. doesn't work when they're not talented. Right. But, you know, with this industry also, there's a there's a huge component of what you look like. Mm-hmm. So if you have a certain look, um, you'll get jobs. And if you look like your child, if your child looks like you, there's a good chance that they're going to, that's half the right. battle. You walk in the room or they see your headshot and that's the first thing they see. They go, okay, you know, good looking or quirky looking or just what I'm thinking for this role, whatever it is. And if you have that look, then that's half the battle. And then you have to have the talent to back it up. Right. And if you're someone like Maya Hawk, who just has this great ability to kind of, you know, and she's she's obviously learned from her mom. A lot of people have the same voice as their parent or right. same mannerisms. So she brings this familiarity with her as well. And and Uma Thurman is a fantastic actress. I mean, she's brilliant. Yeah. And, and Ethan Hawke. Maya's got and Ethan <laughs> and Maya's got that. And she's what twenty, I think now, so maybe seventeen. She's she's young. She's made her to sit like she didn't. They didn't force her in at five years old and go go be an actor, make no. some money. They're like allowing her to develop, allowing her to make her choice. And she's here's twenty four, by the way, twenty four. So there, she is a freaking adult when she becomes. Yeah, it, she didn't get it at eighteen. Well, the like, second she left um, high school. Leah Thompson. Yeah, her daughter. Are both very successful Brilliant. on yeah. their own. One's a writer more so, I think. The, mm-hmm. And then uh, and then Zoe is becoming a huge actress. Her name is at the top of all the lists. Yes, along with like Jenna Ortega and like the, you know and like Timothy Chalamet is up there with like you know all these other like Nick Robinson from my show Melissa and Joey. Like all these boys. There's a certain group of mm-hmm. people that kind of go together, and those people are always sort of like I can tell you from casting. Like you'll have get get a list, and for Timothy for his people to say he didn't need to audition it it's just a matter of it's a matter of a few things when you get to a certain level like when i got sabrina my agent started telling people she will not audition because there's a good chance you're not going to like what i do so they want to get the offer so mm-hmm. they say she will be offer only so a lot of the times these people are offer only also if they have a super packed schedule and it'll be like offer only how much money are you going to give us and how much time is this going to take Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to make him go through the the audition process because that can be embarrassing. That can be detrimental. You'll have footage of him that you might not like and you might spread somewhere else. So it makes a lot of sense to be offer only. And you would like they my agents still think I should be offer only, which I shouldn't. I should be auditioning. But because <laughs> I should prove that I could get the job. But a lot of, I don't get the chance. My agents will turn it down before it even comes to like I don't even get the option of being like, hey, do you like this project enough to audition for it? Yeah. You know, where it's like, I wish I I wish I could audition a little bit more, but it is a different art than being on camera. Well, I think after what, like 30, 30 years in this business, I think you've proven yourself. So Well, a little bit, but as much as you get successful, you also it's not the kind of business where you keep growing. You, I've said this before. It's not the, you know, go up the ladder, the corporate ladder to get the corner office and the big promotion. It's an up and down business. You have huge success. What comes next? You have to reinvent yourself. Does the audience want to see you be the same thing? Hollywood doesn't want to see you be the same thing, but maybe the audience does and the audience believes you're this age. But like for me, I'm getting rules. People are like, do you want to play a grandma? I'm like, what? 
what the hell? I've never <laughs> even been pregnant in a, in a movie or, or TV show. Why am I going to all of a sudden be a grandma? No, I don't think that's what the audience wants to see. But they see my age. They go, oh, you know, 46. You could be playing a grandma. Let's let's get you. We'll just age you up a little bit to like 52 and make you a grandma. I'm like, I don't think that's going to be what the audience wants to see. But it's what Hollywood thinks because they see my age. So there's that's just all these there's these different things. And I feel like with the Nepo baby conversation, it just it infuriates me because it's an art and it's a and you can there are tons of people's babies that have not made it. I'll tell you backstage. Yeah. Off Mike, who I think is a good example of like someone whose baby has been pushed in the media over and over again. But it no one, you know, wants to work with no them. No one's biting. Yeah. yeah. So as a mom. Does this conversation make you more apt or less apt to encourage your children to continue? I mean, look, this thing should have gone away two days after it came out. I can't even believe yeah. we're still talking about it like a month later. But so I, it doesn't influence me at all in that decision. It, what's going to influence me is whether or not my kids are passionate about it. If they're truly passionate. About, and here's the thing. I think there's a great chance Mason will go into music and there's an even better chance that Tucker's going to go into music. Tucker has an ear like Mark, he can hear something once and he can Well, again, it. but Mark being, you know, rock star, the same could be said in that industry. That's the thing. And if you have a talent, you might pass that talent down. I don't have that talent. Well, I look at Riker. I mean, Logan has always done creative things, always been in media, always a filmmaker, all those things. Riker's only 10, but that is certainly his gifting. He, well, it's partly what you're exposed to and yeah. partly where your talent lies yeah. and your interests. I feel like that is a natural thing that you give to your kids. Yeah. Creativity is spread. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. I think that if you have the interest, if you have the talent and if you have the exposure, so yeah, the exposure is part of it, but, and that maybe opens doors, but it's not taking away from the people that no. don't, that are new. Cause sometimes there's like, everyone wants a new fresh face sometimes, but right. we wouldn't have George Clooney, right? We would, I, I made a little list of all the people we wouldn't have, <laughs> right? Jamie Lee Curtis is part of this big conversation right now. Right. And yeah, I mean, uh, Miley Cyrus, George Clooney, um, Haley Baldwin's part of the conversation now, yeah. which I think is kind of weird. She came out in that shirt the other day that just said Nepo Baby, which I think is brilliant and hilarious. But what does she do? Is she an influencer? Uh, she's a model. Yeah, because here's the thing. And she used to be a professional ballerina. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, so so she has a career. She had another career. And the thing is, like, she's got the name, but... The and her dad was in Biodome. Let's not forget. <laughs> And I and her uncle was the one that I convinced my boyfriend to kill in Twisted Desire. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but if you if you think about like her, for example, people. Okay, I remember you might be too young for this, Amanda. But the when I think the first baby that people were really interested in seeing was Madonna's baby. Like Madonna had a baby oh, daddy, yeah, well, and everyone um, wanted to see what her baby Lourdes, looked like, right? Lourdes. And so that was the first time I think that the paparazzi, that the press, that the that they were like. What does this baby look like? Who is this baby? You know, Madonna's baby. And well, it became fascination. Yeah. And so the paparazzi starts falling around these stars' babies. and Or like Michael Jackson's kids. Yes, Michael Jackson's kids are a good example. And then Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's kids. What do they look like? And so they started being fascinated with what these kids look like. And a lot of them are gorgeous. And of course. then what else can we do? So then you're taking pictures of them. What are they going to do? They they can make money being an influencer. They can make money, you know, but being on magazine Why covers. not use that opportunity? Like, yes, I understand it is a privilege, but it is also, it comes with a lot of responsibility. Like, these kids didn't ask to be born into these families. Oh. But if you are There's in that situation. There's a lot of attention on you. And you still have to make a living. Yeah. Why not? And people are offering you money, fame, 
They're taking your picture anyway in the street. You might as well get paid for it. I I'm I think ultimately here's it. the th- here's the way I look at it. I just think there's enough room for everybody. It doesn't take away from someone for some for from you to have someone else have success. Right. So leave them alone. Like who the hell cares? Let's just end the conversation because the only people that are true that's true nepotism is the royal family. Oh, she said it. Right. I mean, come on. You, the firstborn gets to be king, queen, like the heir, and you the have to be the heir spare. and the spare. Which, by the way, you know who who phrased that? It wasn't Prince Charles. Well, King Charles. D- to play devil's advocate here, though, they didn't choose to be the royal family. No, they were born into no. it. But a lot of people believe a lot of the royals, like from as far as I know, like Louis XIV, and, and a lot of people believe that they were given that that God placed them there to be a royal. Well, sure. Um, and I guess technically. Yeah, because they were born into the family. But the heir and the spare, I just, I don't like that that Charles is getting all the credit for that phrase. Because that's actually from, uh, that's actually a, a phrase from Consuela Vanderbilt, who became the Duchess of Marlborough. So heir and a spare means that you have the first boy and then you always, they would always try for a second boy. They got boy the backup. To have the backup because babies didn't always. In case somebody doesn't survive. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, Consuela Vanderbilt gave the Duke of Marlborough two boys, and then she basically said her job was done and because she, she hated her husband, and so she left. Um, but that was uh, that's where I know that the phrase came from, which is actually why Winston Churchill gets to be prime minister because he was in line for the throne. And something about he couldn't run for prime minister until the Duchess had the babies, and then all of a sudden he was kind of, like, so far down the throne, the line of the throne that he could go be prime minister. And he actually ended up, he and he's a Spencer, which is related to Diana. Mm-hmm. So he ended up, um, when, when the Duchess of Marlborough, when Consuela wanted to uh, uh, divorce the Duke, he was the one that mediated the divorce. Winston, right? He was a good friend to Consuela Vanderbilt. I don't know enough about that. But I, I am obsessed with the Vanderbilt family. I know family. you are. <laughs> so my whole thought, obviously... It's like Harry and Meghan's world right now, and we're all just living in it. Yeah. Because you got— <laughs> Feels like that. The docuseries on Netflix. You've got Spare that just released this week, which we've been trying to dive into. You've got all of these different interviews. Every magazine that cover. Has been, going back to Oprah. It's wild. Yeah. They're everywhere. I just don't understand why they want that much attention. I understand telling I, your story. I don't understand the press junket. Anderson Cooper, right, did a whole thing with him. Yeah. Then Anderson Cooper did a follow-up interview. I haven't seen this yet. but Because I really don't—I didn't give a crap until yeah. the book came out. And all of a sudden—we were talking about it last week on the episode. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to read it. All of a sudden, I don't know where that came mm-hmm. from. And now I'm kind of obsessed. I'm not obsessed. I'm actually having a hard time diving in. Really? I Are you listening to it? Yes. Oh, because I, I, I love his voice. He's reading it, so I was excited about that. And I don't usually do audio. You know that. but I love when he goes, no, lad, no. I, it's Logan. also super awkward. It feels like Logan's been listening to that Bono biography oh, yeah. and our um, memoir, and it's Bono reading it. And Bono, you think of as like a poet. So when Prince Harry's sitting there talking about like the garden where he's about to get in that argument mm. with his dad and brother, and he's like, and the water was reflective of the abyss. And, and you're like, okay. You didn't buy it? Oh, like, and the I think he's a gothic I think he's ruin. A I'm like, you were the one who talked about like doing shrooms on Courtney Cox's sofa. Come on, <laughs> like, yeah, he does get into no. a bit of uh, cocaine. Like, so stuff. I'm not buying Club it. H. Have you gotten a Club H yet in the book? No, Club H is also, what they called their if basement. I hear Megan call him H one more time in the documentary. I'm going to pull my own eyebrows. She out. calls him H. She calls him H. Just H. That's not even. A, that's not a fun. 
Like that's not a good. That's not easy to say. Like it's one no. thing if you like if you have a child named like I think it's easier Ellie to say Harry L, or my sister Emily. We call her M. It's ha- H. That's H. I don't know. That's like a lot of. I'm very mouth endeared movement. to him. I'm having a hard time with her because I feel like I can't read her. Like so. Here's the thing. What I like about the book, she's not involved. Not yet. Anyway, not, she will not be. The, she will be. But I, I like. I'm not there yet. I like him. I trust him. He reminds me of my brother. So I feel a little fond of him. I always have. I love the fact that he might not have been Charles's, but he debunks that. But um, I do. Wait, here I have some notes. Do you want to hear my notes yes, about? Give me your notes about Harry. Also, don't spoil anything because I think I'm behind where you are. Okay, no, no, no. There's really nothing to spoil. I mean, it's sort of all laid out there. It's just I just wrote down things I find fascinating about okay. it. So first of all, I find it super fascinating that his that that he they call him Harold, but his name's not even his name's not Harold. His name is like we should look this up. But his name is like, uh, like a million other king names. It's like George. He's like <laughs> George Henry George uh, Albert. The he's got like five names, and not one of them is Harold. Not one name. Brain. What is Prince Here. Harry's name officially? I swear, not one of his names. Prince Harry's real name. Theme of the day is just <laughs> Henry Charles Albert David. That's his name. Henry Charles Albert David. I had to listen to that. I rewound this four times on my audiobook. Because I was Charles like, Albert. I'm sorry, what? Like, Henry Charles Albert David, and they call him Harold. What the hell is that about? Why do you give a child so many names and not give him? Uh, maybe it's a British thing. It's just, under, I mean, I get it if it's like you're the third in line and it's Chip. Like, kind of like you're William Junior. and you're Bill. Yeah, but what is Harry short? F- why Harold if, or for Henry? Richard and your dick. I don't know. He's Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. Henry Charles Albert David <laughs> of Windsor. Like what? Wales of Windsor. No, not Wales. Windsor. I don't Windsor. know. Windsor. That's what they always said was their last name, right? But that was only because of Queen Elizabeth. I think that's where it first started was Windsor. They had to claim a last name because of uh, 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 Prince Edward. Right. No, because Prince Edward wanted his name to be the family name. Do you remember the crown? Like he wanted oh, his, his vaguely. He's like, I'm the dad. This Shouldn't they be my? Yeah, there was a whole thing about the name, and somehow Windsor became the winner of what. Oh, they... also when he's talking, this was a thing that was like, ugh, the way that he points out how they separated um, Wallace Simpson's grave from everybody else's. Oh, yeah. I was so like, I... why are we pulling this in here? Like, we're just oh, you didn't like to... saying that that he said no, that? because I'm like, this is just well like... because he's going to be buried there next to her. Not... They did the exact same thing. Basically abdicated, married an American, and left. Well, he 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 followed in George's footsteps exactly. Well, not George. Uh, Edward. Edward. Right? He followed in his footsteps. So, oh yeah, I said Edward before. And Except he was Philip. never gonna be king, and Edward was king. Uh, yes. So I think that's the major difference. I mean, he was third in line until yeah, three children came along. So unless something really bad happened, that was not gonna happen. Yeah, but and I thought it was interesting. I never thought. I mean, you think about this with like the president and vice presidents, but you of, of the United States, but you don't really think about it with them. That uh, Willie and Charles Willie. I love that he called him Willie. Willie by the way, which I he think, calls him Willie the whole. Don't you book. think that's kind of a slight? I, no, it must be what he always called. It must be like probably what his mother called him, and he called him too. I don't know. I kind of love it because like I never endearing. heard it. I felt like it was a jab. Oh, I don't think any of it is a jab. Oh, I, I think you're maybe I don't think a little a naive. I don't think it's a jab. I think I it's actually a brotherly love and him trying to be Y'all fair let us with know how you feel about this. I feel uh, like this yeah. might be a dividing This could be a good question next week. Everybody, situation if, if you've here. listened to the book or read the book, come out and ask us questions for next week. But um, I don't know if it, yeah, because 
they they don't seem to be on good terms. So I don't feel like they're this not was now, like, but they were lovely. But he not talks when he about, wrote this. But he talks all about how he they like of mice and men. Did you get the part where they talk? No, not yet. About it? So he talks all about how it was him and his brother, like in the trenches. It was just the two of them, and I think the I think the girls drove them apart, and I think that that happens sometimes, and differences occur in families and they well we'll check back in next week and see where we both are in the book and how we're feeling about it i think right he, now i, I think am he's mad about the way they've treated his wife but i don't think he ever had any ill feelings before that he yeah. doesn't seem to mind the spare title no because he doesn't have to <laughs> i feel like if you were going to be a royal that's the way to do it now like be the spare so you can like have the like little bit of freedom you're not really concerned with what you're going to be when you grow up, you're like, hey, I've got a job laid out for me if I want it, but I can kind of do my own thing, too. It's kind of. Yeah. Well, and he, but he goes on a lot to say, and I think this might be beyond where you are, to say that they portrayed him as the bad boy. They needed him to be the bad boy. His father and Camilla, this is some of the telling stuff, like when he first meets with Camilla, when she wants to have a one on one with him. But of course, first, it's Willie that gets to go. And by the way, saying Willie, I'm thinking about the other names he says. He says Pa, Gangan, Gan, Grammy. But I think Prince Philip was always grandpa. Um, but he uses all the all the terms. Mummy. It's always mummy, pa. So I think Willie is just what he's always called him. Like, I don't think he would say that to be mm. undercutting. I think that that's just what he called him. Because why would you? I don't know. It, I feel like you might have rose-colored glasses on. No, I just one. don't think my sister would, like, call me Melly just to be like, hey, Melly, unless she called me Melly. You know what I mean? Like. If she always called me she, Melissa. I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're, the, the, uh, another good point here, though, is like you're not calling your sister a racist. He's he's calling his brother oh, lots of horrible well, things. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get to that part. I want to hear. Because the way he says it so far is like the juiciest bit to me so far is the first chapter 16 because there's three chapter 16s. They, it goes to like 88 chapters in each three parts of the book. Okay. A whole so, nother <laughs> issue I have with this book. You got like book. 10 more hours to go. <laughs> um so chapter 16, he talks about Camilla and how it was lovely when they met and she was so warm and he and Willie felt the same way about her. But then she and she pulled him into a room to talk with him and they pleaded with her dad. They said, we're fine with you dating her. Please don't marry her. Please don't marry her. And a little while later, some they had hired a new Camilla, had hired a new uh, publicist to work spin control. And all of a sudden, the intimate details of just him and... Camilla's meeting alone privately was in the papers and that there was stuff that she he said she would the two of us were the only ones that knew that that stuff happened in the conversation and all of a sudden it was in the papers that they had this conversation and that x y and z was talked about and so the only person that could have leaked it was Camilla so she's obviously leaking things and now she's positioning herself not only to marry Charles but also to get the to wear the crown because remember in the beginning when they first started dating it was like she could never be queen consort or something like that there was like a whole yeah thing. but yeah then the queen made it possible well so that's her campaign that's Camilla's campaign according to just I mean it's just like one line where he's basically like and then somehow you know she put a spin on our private meeting and linked it to the pre- leaked it to the press and started to advocate for the crown and in marriage so so that so that's the one the first thing he says about her he's like but otherwise she was lovely but then she did this and then i just got to a part where she talks he talks about um oh uh because he was doing some drugs like he was smoking pot and stuff um someone got word of it and leaked it to the press and basically what they did was then the the spin doctor person 
used it to make Charles, because Charles was slandered in the press from um, Diana's death. I don't know if right. you remember that. But everyone, I hated him. I didn't even know him. And I was like, I hate this guy. He he killed his wife. He killed Princess Diana. How dare he? And so they were saying he was so known as like the awful husband who was cheating on his beautiful, wonderful wife. So this took the spotlight off of him. This made him the, because now Harry was going to, they asked if Harry would take the fall as being a drug addict. And he had no choice. And so Camilla and Charles put him in the press as being the, the so that it was like, oh, the poor, the poor, um, you know, widowed single father is not handling is you know is trying to handle raising two sons and one of them's a drug addict i mean it's how it felt to harry and he says very clearly in the beginning this is how i remember it like not this is necessarily how it was this is how i remember it and to me that says i might lie a little no, I think it's saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I did that with my book because it was very much like you start going through your stories and you go, God, did that really happen? Did I really throw water in Oscar de la Foya's face? Or did I imagine that? Because that seems really weird and far off from who I am or what I do. And so you, you remember these things and you're like, ooh, I don't like that about myself or I don't like that about that person yeah. or maybe it doesn't mean quite what I thought it did. I don't um, know. I just don't want to go into it with like love blinders because I want to really like Harry. I'm confused by Megan. Because I feel like See, I, I have can't no read feelings her. about her yet. Because I don't know anything about her. I don't know. Phil, being around you, I can tell when you're in actress mode, and I can tell when you're in like Melissa mode, and they they are two very different things. With her, you're saying I act different. <laughs> Am I bipolar? No. <laughs> when you're acting or when you're like on, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a difference than how you are just in normal everyday conversation, yeah. and I feel like. Maybe because the only things I ever see of her are, are when she's acting or she's, she's, in made up and she's in front of a camera. But like in this documentary, it's like her in her bathroom with her hair in a towel and she's like talking to her iPhone. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. And they talk about like, well, we just decided we needed to document this. She seems to I'm me. Like, no, I, I you know nothing about and you, her. You calculated. You knew what was happening. You knew you'd already been slammed in the press. And you're like, I, maybe it's the intention behind it. Why do you care so much? Like, what do this you have to I think to she prove? seems like a wounded puppy to me. Like, she yes. always seemed a little bit like a wounded puppy. She was sort of like, you know, first she was she, she was on a show that was kind of embarrassing because she had to stand in a bikini with a suitcase or whatever, right? And she, like, felt— It was, felt, like, little cocktail dresses. Thing. Yeah. Oh, was it cocktail dresses? Yeah. It wasn't, like, bathing suits she and stuff? Naked, no. no, I was imagining bathing suits. Or is that Price is Right? Anyway. So she was like a little, uh, you know, showcase girl kind of yeah. thing. And then she goes on to a show that's popular and great, but she's a minor character in it, right? She wasn't like No, she was main... a pretty major character. But there's it's a big ensemble. Yes, it's, it's not a like huge her cast. show. And then, you know, and then she meets the prince and she becomes a princess, but she stirs up all kinds of trouble. And so I feel like she just seems like a lost soul to me that never quite figured out who she was in time to come into all this Notoriety, press, uh, scrutiny. I mean, I cannot imagine it was easy by any means. But I just wish... I do not want to be a princess. Let me just start with that. <laughs> I mean, I do, but... <laughs> I... You you were treated like a princess. You're fine. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's I'm not the thing. We only want to be treated like a princess. We don't actually want to be a princess. No, no, no. But a tiara wouldn't hurt. You can buy one. I have some. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have one like... Harry describes the one that... Uh, 
Oh, who wears it? Um, I think it's on the coffin of uh, Gam Gam's. Uh, oh, uh, Gam like Gam's her big coffin. coordination. It cream. has like a hundred and five, and he even says it. I like the audiobook too because you really get the intention of what he, he's like. He goes on about like it's a hundred and five carat diamond. It's, it's huge, like the biggest diamond in the world. Have and you only seen women. that video of the queen? They like put it down on a table in front of her, and they're wearing like these gloves, and they barely touch it, you know. And they're just, and she just reaches out with her hands, and she goes. <laughs> like brings it really? to herself. She goes, and she's like, "What? This is what I do when I put it on my head." Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, it's so cute. Well, I mean, I, would be, I love like, that he actually said me. only women get to wear it. Like, I thought that was an interesting little footnote. Like, because he says a hundred and five carat diamond on this thing, and it, like the biggest in the world, and blah 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 blah. And he's like, and there have been wars fought, and people died over this, and and he goes, but only women, and only women get to wear it, which I thought was really interesting. I'm a woman. Can I, I wear it? Yes, you can wear it. Apparently, any woman. Any woman can wear it. And if you identify as women, maybe you can wear it, too. I don't even know. Okay, we're going to have to come back to this topic because, well, yeah, we the Prince Harry part of it. Not, we have to finish. Not the, the nepotism baby the thing, because I feel like we've made our point there. I'm done with that nepo baby conversation. Everybody just let it go. All right? It's the family business. Just leave it alone. All right, weekly homework. Everybody go read Spare. Let's read Spare. We'll talk about it next week. And then I'm also still Fleischman's Handmaids. That's I'm on getting my list. It. Oh, 1923 I started. Um. What else did I get into? Oh yeah, if you Jack got, Ryan. Oh yeah, Jack Ryan. Topics. If you got topics that you want us to talk about, we're down for that. Just basically interact with us. Give us all your questions, your comments, yeah. your topics, everything on the What Women Binge Instagram. We're there all the time. Yep, we're on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. And uh, yeah, and we uh, we'll be checking for your questions. And you guys can rate and review us on the podcast app, the Apple One, Spotify, any of them. Um, and if you tell your friends, we'd really love it. You can subscribe and you can get our merch. We have merch now. Yes. Whatwomenbinge.com is where you can find everything. The link All the tree links to Spotify, there. to Apple, to, um, to the, to the, uh, to the merchandise, to all of it. So check okay, it thanks. out guys. And thanks for being with us and we'll see you next week. Woot. Dolly for president. <laughs>